Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. We're making our way here into the year 2021, and my guest today is Jimmy Young of Pro Cannabis Media. He's a native of Newton, Massachusetts, and a 1979 graduate of Tufts University. So he's got over 40 years of experience in commercial television and radio. He's a former Emmy Award-winning talk show host for his sports talk show for kids, on NECN in the 90s, and he's one of the rare professionals in that industry who had success in front of the camera, in production, and in sales management. He's the founder of Pro Cannabis Media and the current host of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Bethany. Man, hi, Aris. I feel very old all of a sudden. (laughs) Just hearing all about that. It's like, oh my God, I've been around a long time. You know, I, I still think that the 80s was 20 years ago, so I'm, I'm trying to catch up as well. So we'll, we'll get there together, I know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so let's, let's look back into the past, though. Um, let's learn more about your background and experience. I, I know I mentioned a little bit there, but I'd love to hear what other kinds of things you've, you've been up to in, in your career and, and before getting involved in, in anything cannabis-related, truly. Well, you know, some of us have had experience with cannabis at a very young age uh, in the 70s, and others, like me later in life, were exposed to the industry into 2018. So it all depends on where you want that cannabis journey to begin, because it did begin early in my life when I was one of those undiagnosed ADHD boys being boys in my teens when I discovered it in 1971, and then continued to use it and partake and enjoy my life up until uh, age 32 when I decided to uh, have a child. Actually, it wasn't all my decision, as you imagine. And I took 10 years off, ended up back into Boston and had my own show on NECN for six years. I was a sportscaster for 25 years full time. I've had an amazing life, an amazing run very fortunate, very, very blessed, and very grateful uh, to where I am now. Never thought in a million years that I would end up in the cannabis industry, even in media, until I walked into the New England Cannabis Convention in March of 2018 at the Heinz Auditorium in Boston and saw the size of the convention and realized that, hey, this isn't just about cleaning your weed on an album cover and you know, rolling up a joint and catching a little buzz uh, after work. Uh, I really realized that the scope of the industry had grown quite a bit. I've been a medical card holder since 2013, which was when that program started in Massachusetts. I have 
suffered from arthritis uh, for many, many years. I had four surgeries in the last 23 years because I swear at one point in my life, I was a damn good athlete. So, you know, in, in, in short, if you will, that that's kind of my story. I, I, like I said, I started in the seventies uh, producing sports at the NBC affiliate in Boston, WBZ TV four working with the first African-American sportscaster in Boston. His name is Jimmy Myers and parlayed that into a career. I never thought in a million years I'd go into sports and media. I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. I still enjoy teaching and coaching, um, even though I haven't made much money doing that because it's usually volunteer. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I, I've had an incredible, incredible life. I look at the a wall of fame that I have in my office and see me interviewing people like Hank Aaron at the 1986 World Series at Fenway Park and Pele, the greatest soccer player of all time during the 1994 World Cup in, in uh, America. And, you know, I like I said, uh, and, and when, if you were to ask me what about the highlight of my broadcast career is, it's when Bobby Orr threw me in the Charles River in 1997. What? And I was on every television channel in Boston. Uh, and, and, and on the, purpose? Yeah, on purpose. It, <laughs> okay. it, was a, it was a promotion. It was a promotion for the head of the Charles Regatta. And they took all the sports anchors from Boston and paired them up with the various shells from the colleges in the Boston area. And they, they happened to put me in the Olympic shell. And needless to say, we won that competition. And you know, in rowing, if you win, you go in. And that was the whole oh. premise. That was the whole premise of the story. And yes, I do have the be able to say that that night I was on every TV station in my hometown of Boston. But yes, I did have to get thrown in the Charles River by Bobby Orr to have that claim. So there, there, there you go. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too cold. <laughs> All I could say is I bounced in and out very quickly and uh, <laughs> got in a shower even faster. And uh, but enough to there take some uh, photo shots and. And uh, one of the best lines of all time was uh, the friend of mine named Mike Dowling, who at the time was with the ABC affiliate. And he said, you know, sometimes it's just not worth winning. And I thought that was a perfect way to uh, kind of sum it all up. But uh, it, it's been a great run. And uh, now, you know, I've gone from interviewing some of the greatest names in sports in the 80s and 90s to some of the biggest names in cannabis, like Bruce Linton and Steve D'Angelo and Tommy Chong. Mm -hmm. And and um, and Mara Gordon and uh, I would even throw in. Um, I can't wait to talk with Jim Belushi. He's on my target list, and I cannot wait to have an opportunity to talk with one of my favorites of all time. So, oh yeah, we'll he, uh, he performed at one of NCIA's um, events pre-pandemic. Yeah. It seems so long ago at this point. And one thing you mentioned, Jimmy, is is how you know you were part of the cannabis culture, as it were, or a cannabis user, and then, you know, come back years later and find that there's an industry. I'm an activist, too, from the early 2000s. I, I never thought there would be an actual industry in the same way you and I have seen with our own eyes at this point as well. I, too, am just super in awe at all the progress that's been made for cannabis, for cannabis technology, compliance regulations and everything. It is incredibly sophisticated. So um, so you, you took your, uh, you know, your broadcasting, commercial television and radio career and 
found yourself at a at a cannabis convention and voila now now you founded pro cannabis media and and you're hosting at least one podcast show let's talk more about <laughs> about what you're up to <laughs> well yeah i love the way you say at least because uh in the fall of 2020 because of covid and remote broadcasting and the use of zoom i decided to step up my work ethic and actually produce five shows in a week. Oh my gosh. Uh, from September 9th to December 18th. Now I am not doing that in 2021. I just want uh-huh. to make that very clear. I but question we are, you on that. Yes. And a lot of people think I'm nuts and I am, and I get it. And look, when you grow up in a newsroom and you have that daily, if not hourly deadline mentality, you know, if somebody asked me to get something done in an hour, I get it done. But when you have the time to plan it and, and, you know, everybody says you have to have content. So content is king. So, but you don't want to do too much, but you don't want to do too little. And I'm like, I just do as much as I can. And you guys pick and choose what you want to listen to and watch. But there's a really good story on why I started pro cannabis media. And it has to do with my former comrades in traditional media. I watched an interview on CNBC with a reporter I'm not going to name the reporter and I'm not going to name the CEO of the cannabis MSO that was being interviewed. And I was so disgusted and embarrassed by the lack of preparation by that reporter and interviewer. I said, that's pathetic. That's what I, I know I can do a better job than that person. So I'm going to start doing it. I was urged to start a podcast in 2018 by a friend who runs a podcast aggregation network called CLNS Media. I I was looking for my cassette recorder when I went to that convention and realized they don't make them anymore. So I had to figure out a way to adapt a wireless microphone into my iPhone, figured it out, went down there, did a few interviews, um, had a very interesting coincidence with a gentleman by the name of Stu Zakem. And I don't know if you guys know who Stu is. He's a PR guy out of Manhattan. Uh, and he is the younger brother of a guy named Lenny Zakem. And they named the beautiful, beautiful bridge in Boston after him. And it's because Lenny was the Northeast director of the Anti-Defamation League in the Northeast. And he was a prophet in many, many ways. And I got to work with him after I left full-time sportscaster work in 1998 for about 10 months. And working with Lenny definitely changed my life. Work It definitely opened my eyes on how important it is to embrace diversity and how dangerous hate speak can be. And you know, that definitely opened up my eyes. And I wanted to make sure that if I did come back to media, that I was looking to become more of a voice of the injustices that are going on in our world. And, you know, here in the cannabis industry, there's a ton of them. And the fact now that cannabis, you could make this case, is more of a race issue than a drug issue. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating to me to be in a situation where you can actually talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Jimmy. Let's take our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to dive more into the relationship between media and cannabis. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. 
Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and I'm talking with Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media, a veteran in the media industry. So as a news and media person, um, which I can relate to in some ways, um, you've seen all the cannabis news over the years, and it's exciting to see how the news coverage is more mainstream and more normalized. And we don't see as many stoner jokes from reporters, which is probably what you saw in that embarrassing interview that you were mentioning before the break. Um, and I mean, that's a, it's a good thing that the conversation is more mature. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts around the messaging around cannabis in the mainstream and how it's changed and evolved over the years and, and, and maybe how our industry talks about itself also is something to talk about. What are your thoughts there? Well, again, um, first of all, I want to make it very clear that as a talk show host, I don't consider myself a journalist anymore. Uh, when I worked for a broadcast company and was paid to be a professional journalist, tell the story with facts, uh, that's when I was a journalist. Now that I am a talk show host, I really don't mind spewing my opinions and trying to be as provocative as possible. Now, when it comes, <laughs> when it comes, you could you could tell that, couldn't you, Bethany? Um, now, when it I comes to, when it comes to cannabis and and stoner jokes, I I get really mad when I see reporters goofing around talking about the the puns and all that stuff that uh, really irks me. But I, I don't like when I see, especially in, you know, young states, and I'll call Massachusetts a young cannabis state, because the question four that legalized adult use in this state happened in 2016. We're four years in. It took the state two years just to write the laws, the regulations, and open up the first adult use dispensary. Now you've got other legal states um, you know, five more made it onto the ballots uh, this past election cycle. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what's going to happen in those states, because that stigma still exists here in Massachusetts four years or even longer because the medical program has been around for eight years. So my, my feeling is the educational component in this industry still is struggling because there are no public service announcements allowed in the states. There's no, there's no information out there that is being shared by traditional media about the benefits of the cannabis plant. They will not allow it. And mm -hmm. that is a huge miss as far as broadcast goes, because you, you're supposed to serve the public with information. By denying the public information because you're basing it on 80 years of propaganda, they're not doing their jobs. That's mm -hmm. what really bothers me. And I'm, sure. I, I say it a million times 
on my podcast and and I always have an opportunity to pick up the phone and call people in the in the uh, market and I complain about it and I say guys where's the public service announcement where are the stories about the former opioid users who mm-hmm. have beaten that habit because they use cannabis why aren't you telling those stories but sure enough they lead the news when a testing lab disposes of inert cannabis basically grass clippings in a dumpster and somebody calls that into the to the police department and then the newsroom and that's become the lead story on the news oh inert mm-hmm. uh, inert cannabis found in a dumpster behind a testing lab are you kidding me right. really really so there's still a lot of re-education of of just mainstream public to Correct. be done out there like for example ncia if you know if, if if this plant were not federally illegal and we didn't have to focus on fixing the banking crisis for our industry 280e federal legalization all these bigger issues we would be much like the dairy farmers association got milk you've seen those billboards yes we're not there yet but no. i mean so yeah, still more, you know, we as an organization prefer the word cannabis over marijuana, certainly mm-hmm. over weed or reefer or any of those other words as well. Yeah, right. So cannabis isn't as shocking and sexy as it used to be, but you know, we're still not there. The next big thing coming down the pike is psilocybin and decriminalizing <laughs> other drugs. And we we love keeping people out of jail for drug crimes. Um, but what what are your thoughts about how the next big thing news cycle is impacting cannabis news stream and the legalization movement? Like you said, we got four more adult use, one more medical state in this last election cycle. So, I mean, the, the momentum is there, but, you know, there's there's other things happening, too. OK, so here's my feeling. And I don't know if you're going to like my answer. Opening or a not. can of worms here. Oh, no, no you, you touch one of my hot buttons. OK. And I have talked with people like Chris Conrad. You know, you know, Chris Conrad from California. He was mm-hmm. Kamala Harris's marijuana expert when she was uh, attorney general at California. And I talked to him about the other drugs. You're talking about psilocybin. You're talking about mushrooms. I think that we don't want me being part of the cannabis industry now. I don't want to talk about other drugs because you can't accept this plant yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why do we have to, you you talk about getting away from the gateway argument. We know that cannabis is not a gateway drug. We've Mm -hmm. proved that a million times, right? Okay. And, and, and the other thing I don't like is referring to it as a drug. It is a plant. We're now recognizing that there's plant diets that are superior to meat and, and poultry diets. We get that. So, but we have to accept plant medicine and that this is truly a plant medicine. Psilocybin, which is also grown, I get it. But you know what? Let's can we just work on getting cannabis accepted first as a as a tool for both medicinal purposes? And yeah, you can have some fun with it too from the recreational side of things. But I just think it 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 uh, poisons the waters. It, it it takes away from the focus of the industry. I don't think the in, the cannabis industry should be involved with psilocybin. Let the psilocybin industry start, and let them have their own, you know, national psilocybin, psilocybin industry, industry, industry association. association. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's an exactly. association for everything, and I, right. I believe there are a couple of groups out there. So, I mean, I, I think it makes sense to specialize. NCIA is focused on cannabis 
federal right. policy. Pretty right. straightforward. Good. So, keep you know, it. keep it simple, sweetie. Right. Um, and keep I do want to move on before our next commercial break just yeah. to talk a little bit more big picture politics and how to move forward as we look at definitions uh, like decriminalization and legalization and rescheduling um and descheduling that's right yeah, i was gonna say what about descheduling right yeah yeah that's actually yeah. nci's preferred uh you know deschedule now hashtag um what are you seeing in the next couple of years here jimmy well it's so funny you mentioned that because um i don't know if you know this but i think you know who michael correa is because he works with you guys mm-hmm. he was just on our most recent live show we do a live show every friday from 4 p.m to 6 p.m eastern standard time that we live stream on our social media outlets, you know, your Facebooks, your YouTubes, and we have a Twitch channel as well, and our own website, Pro Cannabis Media. And Michael was on, and we had a whole bunch of other attorneys who were pro-cannabis, had worked on Question 4 in Massachusetts, and also uh, another attorney from New Jersey, which we all know is the, you know, the next big East Coast market that's going to open. And we talked about this very thing. And I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you, um, I was not necessarily surprised. I was actually encouraged with Michael's spin on the whole thing because he says, I've got this wish list. And the wish list, of course, is you know, ultimate legalization. But he also is he's grounded in reality. And just getting this, um, getting it descheduled, getting it off schedule one is a huge win for the industry that would have a tremendous trickle-down effect. And I'm really, really hoping, praying, I'm an optimistic guy, that this administrative change can happen in the first 100 days. All right, I'll give them six months, <laughs> six months of this new administration, <laughs> just to get that done, because that would that would ease up so many things just to take it off that schedule one Uh, status that the Controlled Substances Act in the early 70s put out there. And that would be a huge, huge win. Right. Beyond that, beyond that, I really think, obviously, opening up the banks is really important. But I really think if you deschedule it, the banks are going to be very happy working with uh, an industry that's projected to be in the trillions within the next five years. So my point, again, is I want to go for a single before you go for the home run to make a sports analogy. And and again, that single to me is get it off schedule one. Don't put it at schedule two, get it off all those controlled substances act, uh, those controlled substances, because it's a freaking plant. That's a medicine that needs to be studied and researched. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Where, you know, you want me to make a prediction? I really wasn't good at making predictions in sports. I just want to say, so I'm not really sure I want to make a prediction as far as which way it's going to go, because if we've learned anything about the last four years, uh, in in politics, you never know what's going to happen the next day, let alone the next four years. You got it. So true. All right, let's take our last commercial break and then come back and wrap up our chat with Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been chatting with Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media, chatting big picture about the industry and the media and and the movement in general, and there's so many opportunities to to learn so much about our industry still. It's something you said earlier, you know, it's not about how to properly roll a joint anymore. There's a lot more to it. Um, In the absence of these wonderful trade shows that we all used to get dressed up, pack our suitcases, get on an airplane, fly out there, shake a thousand or two hands, look at all the cool expo booths, look at all the cool technology, uh, it's going to be a little while. We're we're crossing our fingers that in August uh, we'll be able to host our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Francisco, and also a Midwest Cannabis Business Conference in August as well. So um, much like it takes all of us to change the laws, make change in the world for cannabis, it's going to be the same here for this pandemic. Let's wear those masks, stay six feet, socially distance, and hopefully these vaccines can become accessible to us all so we can get back to the business of cannabis. Um, I think, Jimmy, I saw you in Boston at NCIA's last trade show prior to COVID-19. Right. <laughs> uh, you believe that was, uh, it was almost a year ago. Almost a year ago. <laughs> to the day, right? Yeah. And then, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've aged at least three years in 2020. I really, I really, it's just time has stood still, right? Absolutely. Every day feels like the next like a month, right. <laughs> like a month has <laughs> gone dog by. Year. Dog years, dog years, right. Absolutely. Is, so. And the cannabis industry was kind of already like that because it was so fast paced. So like your first year in cannabis, like you're in the deep end of the pool if, if you're if you're smart and you're just absorbing all the information. And that's like seven years in any other industry. Right. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I, you know, I'm happy that uh, we are looking forward to those days returning again. I, I am far uh, I'm pessimistic about it. I, I really think you're looking at you talk to me in 2022 at this mm-hmm. point in this day, you know, January 2022. I feel very good that we're going to be back to somewhat normalcy because I really do think it's going to take that long to get these vaccinations out. And look what's happened in the first few weeks. You know, it it, it hasn't rolled out as quickly as many would like it to. So, again, um, I'm adapting to my Zoom world. Uh, I, you know, I'm adapting to my Google Docs world, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, adap- 
adapting and, and improvising. And now all of our shows, because we're doing everything remotely, we've incorporated Zoom into everything. So people mm-hmm. don't have to come into my studio you know, and deal with traffic or, or that whole thing. It's like, hey, just get yeah. on the Zoom call. We'll we'll get you in. We dress it up with graphics. We make it look good. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, getting back to that a little bit, I, I am doing three shows a week. One is the In the Weeds with Jimmy Young that I just heard that I made the Celebrity Stoner top podcast. I don't even know what that is, Bethany. But me I too. Get, yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled for you. And yeah. I, I guess I'm thrilled for me. I have no idea what that means. I do the same show and the same story, whether one person, or a million people are watching. It's what I teach. It's what I preach. And obviously it's what I practice. But that is the once a week podcast that I do. I do the interviews. It's just me and the person. And then we also do a Weed Talk News show that I'm really proud of because we do a weekly roundup and we get reports from the MJ Biz Daily International Reporter, Solomon Israel, from Canada. We get Deborah Borchardt's Green Market Report from New York. We get the Vote Pro Pot Guys from Washington, D.C. with the D.C. Report. And I might say that your Morgan Fox has been a regular contributor to our news show as well. And we look at not just the news and the news and the area, but even internationally, I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for the biggest stories every week. And I have a partner named Rye Russell, who is also emerging in the cannabis space as a personality. He's out of the state of Maine. And we, I'm really proud of that. And I hope that will eventually morph into a cannabis coast to coast show that will be a wrap up of each state's news over a four hour live stream on Friday afternoon. And it's important that we say this because it's 420 sometime, somewhere, every day, right? (laughs) So we wanna celebrate it in each time zone as we go across the country from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's my goal for 2021. And uh, to be honest, I I think we've got got, uh, some leads and I think people are starting to understand how this can work and again, becoming more of a voice of the industry. You know, Bethany, I grew up outside of Boston. It's the greatest sports town in America. I've been blessed with a voice, a loud voice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people might call it a big voice. That being said, uh, I'm now trying to use it to promote, I think is one of the most historic and exciting times of my lifetime, watching the acceptance of this plant as both a medicine and also as part of um, a new a new way of enjoying your life. The, the, the wellness community is ex- embracing cannabis. And that is a huge, huge step, I think, in the right direction. So absolutely. That's, it's going to really be a Whole Foods any any year now. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Whole Foods. Yep. And, and I want to thank you for a blog that you contributed to NCIA recently. If our listeners want to get some tips on how to sound and look better on all these back-to-back Zoom calls that you're that you're on now. Um, Jimmy Young contributed a blog with some tips on enhancing how you how you appear more professional on Zoom. So check out NCI's website at thecannabisindustry.org to find that blog. And I I also want to point out our our webinar schedule, our industry essentials webinars. We really stepped up our webinar education at NCIA, particularly during the pandemic. So at least once a week, there is an educational webinar opportunity. Most are 
completely complementary for NCIA members, if not exclusive to NCIA members. And there's several coming up. Head to the cannabisindustry.org slash webinars. Look at our event schedule. Register for these webinars. Also, our diversity, equity, and inclusion program is involved in those webinars. So keep an eye out for those catalyst conversations. There's one coming up in February that you won't want to miss. And thanks to Forefront Advisors and Greenbridge Corporate Council for being benefactors of the DEI program. And Jimmy, thank you for being on the show today. I look forward to seeing where we're at as we get toward the end of 2021. And hopefully we're at a trade show again. And, and I'll have you in the podcast studio on the expo floor. Yahoo. That sounds like a plan, Ooh. Bethany. And I think you should be adding video to your podcast, but we'll discuss that offline sometime. Yeah, I got to do the hair makeup thing to make that work. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you for being on the show, sure. Jimmy Young with Pro Cannabis Media. And thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.